Culturas podcast. In this episode, we talk to local San Diego creators and musicians Xavier Vasquez and Cass Rose Gold. Stay tuned. If you have been to music concerts in San Diego, experimental music, pop music, dream pop, punk, all kinds of music here in San Diego, very likely you have seen Xavier Vasquez either documenting the concert with his three camera setup, or maybe making visuals for a live band. Sometimes he's doing both, doing visuals and documenting the whole thing. If you have a band, maybe you have performed at his radio show, Radio Action, now in its 44th episode. We could say that Xavier Vasquez has the most impressive music video archive in San Diego. He has been documenting the music scene for the last 23 years. Architect by profession, Xavier is one of the most enigmatic figures of the music scene in San Diego. So thanks for coming. How are you doing? Um, you're welcome, and uh, thank you for inviting me. Thank you for noticing me, you know, behind the curtain. <laughs> I'm doing good. That's awesome. How do you start doing what you do? Um, I I never touched video until was it? probably '98, '99 when. Um, a friend of a friend said that they had a friend or somebody who was selling a real expensive video camera. It was a Canon L1. It was the Hi8 version of, you know, the professional cameras that Canon sells right now. I had no idea how to use it, um, but once I started using, it, I had a lot of fun. I and and um, but that was the first time I did anything thing creative and luckily I still have those archives a lot of them are on my YouTube channel um, but before that um, my thing was just audio and um, that career started just by me following my bliss that's what I used to say a lot about how I ended up at KPBS uh, uh, radio and television uh, as an audio engineer because I have a degree, degree in architecture um, for the longest time as a as a teenager and as a young adult people would always you know once they saw my record collection and once we would be hanging out or if i had a party at my house and i was playing records everybody would always say man you should have your own radio show or you should do radio you should dj and i never paid attention to that idea um I just enjoyed making mixtapes and, and sharing my record collection to people. 
But then in 1997, after I transferred to SDSU, and um, when I thought I was going to start getting involved with the Native American Student Alliance there on campus, I was actually helping them out. Vendors unload their, um, their stuff into Montezuma Hall. Um, I noticed this guy carrying a box of records, and he disappeared into this real um, small door next to Montezuma Hall at SDSU. And I was like, where did he go with those records? <laughs> you know, he looked like he was mm-hmm. a skater or something like that, or somebody in the band. I was just like really curious. So I walked over there, and um, the place that I walked over to was the door to KCR, San Diego State's college radio station. And um, knocked on the door, and the guy you know, let me in, and he just explained everything about the college radio station there at KCR. And to make a very long story short, mm-hmm. <laughs> that led to me eventually becoming general manager at the college radio station very quickly. And then, and it, and then eventually I started working as an overnight board operator at KPBS Radio and then eventually technical director over at KPBS Radio for some of our talk shows, including The Lounge, which was the arts and culture show that ran for like six or seven years. And then I quit that, worked for an architect in 2002, and then came back when when a job opened up. There was a full-time position doing audio, set design, construction, set design, construction, audio, and and camera work and lighting there in the television studio. And so I worked, for the longest time, audio was my thing. Uh, Until 2008, right before the recession, I decided to leave KPBS on my own terms because I was teaching full-time architecture at SDSU and that's what I wanted to do and becoming a full-time instructor on campus. I thought I would start making videos based on, I mean, that focused on um, artists. And I was very inspired by the PBS television show called Art 21. They're still around producing these shows and they're really amazing. I love them. So that's how I got into video, because I saw one of their episodes during one of my art classes at SDSU, and um, I just fell in love with the, the idea. So that's why, that's why I picked up a, that's why I paid $10,000 for a camera, <laughs> <laughs> and not knowing exactly how to use it. The video camera that I purchased was the only thing that kept me alive during the recession, during the real hard years from like 2009 to 2012. Um, because nothing else paid. You know, I had a few jobs here and there, but video, all of a sudden, even though I didn't know what I was doing, paid the bills. And so, you know, then eventually I I met people like Sam Lopez and just um, asked him if it would be okay if I would could document, you know, his events. I also met Justin Pearson of The Locust and 3-1-G Records. Now it's... Uh, Death Club, um, Dead Cross, uh, Satanic Planet, you know, all those, all those uh, bands that he's part of, you know, I've been there documenting them as well. If you are a musician that has performed here in San Diego, 
very likely you are part of the impressive music video archive that Xavier has. At some point, maybe one organization could be interested in acquiring this archive. Maybe we should bury it underground and protect it for the next hundred years. What we know is that it is something very impressive and very important for the music culture of San Diego. It's a problem. <laughs> it's a problem because um, I worry about these hard drives that I have going bad. Yeah. Um, because I don't have um, redundancy. Um, I can't. I can't afford it. You know. I mean, <laughs> it's the problem I think that a lot of video-based people have these days, especially since since 4K became one of the requirements or one of the things that, you know, we now use, you know, takes up four times the amount of, of hard drive space as HD. Um, so, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, I worry about that archive, but I'm also thinking, okay, you know, what's going to become of that archive, you know, when I'm dead, you know, and what do other people do with their archives? And so, throwing around these different ideas okay well uh, like uh okay let's uh let's try to you know find a grant that allows us to spend as much time as we need to to go back and dig through all the archives and do something else with them besides just posting you know the entire event on youtube you know maybe there's a documentary project in there so, so what do you share on your YouTube channel? Typically, um, like if I were to shoot an event tonight in here, and if there's four bands, I would shoot it with like three cameras, and I would um, later on edit it into one nice video, and then create a separate um, video of each band and upload it to YouTube and then just store the rest of it. You know, um, l like with Radio Axiom, we do all that live. You know, the live, the switching is done live, based, you know, the editing. Mm -hmm. um, and usually all I have to do is just go and find the beginning of somebody's set in the end, export it, upload it to YouTube. Tell us a little bit about ra Radio Axiom. When did you start doing Radio Axiom? Mm, Radio Axiom was a child of the ghost ship fire, basically. Um, because um, we were affected here in San Diego, and I actually produced an event at Bread and Salt called Where Do We Go From Here? You know, um, it's called Vanishing Arts, Art Spaces and Venues. There's like 120 people showed up, and there was this very lively discussion about you know, how it's become harder since the ghost ship fire. You know, it's been harder to maintain DIY spaces, you know, because the fire department and the city was coming down hard on people, you know, just like they were nationwide. And at that time, I had just moved to National City, you know, I was living with Andromeda, and um, she had this room in, in, her, in her house, and uh, we both kind of came up with this idea at the same time of using that space as a multi, of, of just turning it into a multi-function room and hosting events there. 
um, you know, as an, you know, in the idea being it being another venue, you know, you know, we felt like we had, you know, we were blessed with things and we could give back to the community by providing a space for people to perform and I could document it and then, you know, upload the videos to YouTube like I had been doing. Um, but then we took it a step further and we kind of married it with this other project that I was doing from like 2011 to 2014, which was a weekly radio show called Axiom Sound System. I found out, I found a way to, to do a ra live radio show on the internet, internet radio, um, through this now uh, defunct entity called Error FM. It was a server based in Sweden that I would connect to it with Shoutcast. And there was a schedule, just like regular radio shows, kind of like the way um, Particle FM is now, mm -hmm. or um, what Hyday is doing with um, Net Net. Net Net, yeah, very similar. But this was live. There was barely any like um, pre-recorded stuff. Everybody was doing their thing live, and so I did my show every Friday from six to eight, and um, you know, getting to 2017. I missed doing the show, you know, because in 2014 is when I started doing visuals for bands and almost doing visuals like three or four times a week. And so, and especially on Fridays. So my radio show died because of me now being out there doing visuals and documenting each event that I did visuals for. So when we had, we got the space in, you know, I think it was our September where we got the idea. And then in October we booked our first show called it Radio Axiom because we wanted to have something, you know, it to be related to what I used to do with Axiom Sound System. And we modeled it, you know, after radio shows in general. Um, and yeah, that's the first time we did it, October 2017. Make sure you follow Xavier Vasquez on YouTube and all his social media. On YouTube, you can find him as Silk Sav, which is Vasquez spelled backwards, or you can just search for Radio Axiom. Thank you, Xavier. I think we're gonna close the interview now. So thank you. You're welcome. Take care. Ciao. Welcome to the Friends Music segment. I'm your host, Hector, and today we'll be diving into the music works of Castrol's Gold, a local R&B music singer from San Diego, California. We got to meet earlier to talk about her new look, her involvement, and what there is to look out for in the R&B music community in San Diego. You'll also be listening to several singles that are available to listen to on her media platforms. So without further ado, here's the interview. Enjoy. So my name is Cass Rose Gold. Um, that's three words. A lot of times I'll end up saying it spelled as one big word. So I just want to clarify. <laughs> um, I'm a music artist. 
I do pop and R&B genre, but I'm not limited to that. Um, I'm from San Diego. Chula Vista is pretty much where I've been my whole life. And I also have a merch clothing brand that I run called Angels Anon. And I'm somewhat of a, I would consider myself a creative director with everything that I do. Me and the music art community, like we found each other. I think as I started to, like I said, quote unquote, come out of the closet as a singer and embrace that side of me. And I just started, um, I guess, sharing more about it outwardly on social media or with friends, whatever. Um, you know, you start to meet people that are like-minded and one of the earliest, I guess, groups that was like introducing me into that um, world would be Weird Hues, this local art collective, very dope, very amazing. Um, shout out Maro Donate. <laughs> um, eventually I met people that I would work with, like my producer, my team, I had makeup artists, um, photographers, and eventually, I think when I dropped my um, my last project um, in summer of 2021, um, that's when I was connected with my great friend Robert, who is a local musician, part of like a bunch of local bands. I think his main one is Nightlapse. Shout out Nightlapse. But um, he approached me after my album release event for um, Joyride, and he was like, "Cass, you need a band like." I'm gonna get you a band and I was like okay Rob like yeah I've always wanted a band like I'm down and literally this whole like within the next few days was hitting me up like hey so-and-so is in so-and-so is in and it's like what the fuck like he just got me some of the most incredible musicians to be a part of my band and yeah it's just kind of been like that just allowing the right people to fall in and I'm very grateful and thankful that these are people who have followed me for a while so they get it they understand what I'm going for and where I'm headed, I guess. Just say I wanna see you. Just say I wanna see you. Just say I wanna see you. Feelings they wanna bleed through. T-shirts worn out like hoes all in a back and in a sleeve too. Think all the people need a preview. Switching lanes so I can get a clean view. Don't get it. to the 
that was Cash Rose Gold's most latest single called Inevitable. Though that was the clean version, you can check out the explicit version on her Spotify and any media platforms. Let's continue with the interview. We're both shooting stars, and I'm sitting here wondering where. Having these people around me, having my band, like the whole team, they reinforce my belief in myself. They they work with me, they invest their time and energy, their skills, everything that they believe in, like they've invested that into me because they believe in it and it's reciprocated. So I think just being around each other and progressing with this project, like we start to really get to know each other better and everything just really becomes like intuitive and we just kind of vibe off each other and like they already know they know the drill they know what i'm going for they know the sound they know the look they know the vibe like it's a blessing like especially my producer i have to shout out andre elias the best motherfucking producer in san diego you can quote me <laughs> um he and i in the studio it's just it's like a it's very intuitive like we don't really we already know what what we're going for currently I think what I've really been vibing with is like the past, I want to say like for like five years or something, I was like dyeing my hair blonde, which is cool. And then I did the whole colored hair phases, which was also cool and fun. But more recently, I feel like I'm a little bit older now. I'm a little more like you become very secure in who you are. I just want to represent that like exactly who I am. That's why like I wear my natural hair now. I don't wear anything too flashy. I like minimalism. I like solid colors. I like Nike. A lot of times when photographers approach me, they're just like, I love your look. Let's keep going with that. It's like tomboy sexy. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, that's that's kind of what I go for. It's like a little bit of femme, but balanced in with the mask, with, um, I don't know, sneakers, like gold jewelry. I'm very proud of where I come from. San Diego is like, the one probably the most beautiful city in the world like um i feel really lucky to come from from here and um i've been here pretty much my whole life i think that um there is a responsibility to represent and reflect like the the city that you're from i feel like uh, i don't it's sad to say that like not a there's a lot of artists that like i guess i would say they become really big and then you know, maybe they don't really like represent San Diego as much and start repping other cities. I don't know. It happens. Um, I definitely want to make it a point to always represent my city. Like I do think I, I feel like I look, I feel like I have a vibe that says San Diego. We have a lot of really amazing local artists that I feel like deserve more shine. Um, someone, I, Rowan Messina. She's amazing. She's doing big things right now. Very R&B, very beautiful, soulful voice. Um, my producer recently uh, dropped a song with Rai Rai So Fly. She's super R&B, very, again, soulful, beautiful image. Um, there's De La Cruz. She's fucking dope. Always loved her. She's super creative with every single thing she does. Um, I don't know uh, if you would consider Jackie Mendoza R&B, but I still want to shout her out. She's a female, a local female artist, um, killing shit right now too. Um, 
yeah there's a lot there's a lot of us we all just need to continue supporting and shouting each other out shining light on each other not being afraid to like put each other on and um like cultivate this strong connectedness between creatives in san diego i think that we have so much talent here that deserves to be talked about and shared and i think it's just as good if not even better than some cities like i mean all art is great and not to compare at all but i'm just saying like we deserve our shine and i think that like it's important for that to start here within the community thank you all so much for listening we'll close our music segment with forbidden love by cash rolls gold enjoy you don't gotta protect me from the rainfall know that you're a projector of your ring cloud but the atmosphere in me is clear stay just gotta respect me as a too hot what i'm doing is precious baby don't drown there's more than space for you in my eyes
The front is an active art gallery, arts educational space, concert, and meeting venue. Run by Casa Familiar at the heart of San Isidro, California, it stands just one mile away from the international border of San Diego and Tijuana, Mexico. 